This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Good morning, everybody. Hey, if we haven't met yet, my name is Kevin. I'm one of the pastors here at New Life, and I am going to be... Thank you for this mug, you two. I love it. Yeah. This was a... Uh, thank you for officiating our wedding gift. It's completely made out of wood, so it's fantastic. This is very cool. Yeah, and it's got my name on the bottom, so don't try to steal it because it's mine and we're in church. Now that we've settled that, you can, by the way, you can tell when I've experienced the fullness of the thing I'm going to talk about today based on the level of buoyancy I have in this space. Because the thing I'm going to talk about today actually sets us up for launching into a new week. And this is the beginning of my week. And yesterday I had a great thing I'm going to talk about today. So if I say things and you're like, what is his deal? Just know it's the buoyancy of rest. So we're going to jump in today talking about rest. If you're brand new, I would love to meet you after service and just hear your story, what brought you to new life, how you felt about it. Listen, I know that you can't say I hated my time at church today because you're talking to the pastor, but getting outside of these walls, you can tell a little white lies. So we can uh, have a good conversation about that. But I'd just love to meet you after service and hear your story. What brought you to new life, why you're here, how you're experiencing our community One of the things that we try to do is to create a space for each of us to come in on equal playing field when we come into the church, because we genuinely believe that this place is for everybody, that God created space for each of us. So whether you've been coming since the very beginning or you're just now stepping through these doors, I want us all to have some space to get on equal footing as we engage with God today. And so we always talk about these things. Our Start Here card, which is just your all-access pass to our team. So go ahead and fill this out. This will be a space where you can write down questions. You can ask us to be praying for you. You can sign up for our life groups, which are these small groups that happen uh, throughout the week as you form friendships in this church. It's just a way for you to have access to our team. The other thing you're going to want are our teaching notes because they'll tell you where we're going today. And today's going to be very fun. I'm partnering, I'm team teaching with my wife today, which is very, very exciting. So she'll be out in just a few... Why don't you clap for me when I come on stage like that? Woo, Maria. Yeah, that is great. I am very excited as well to be partnering with Maria. She's fantastic. And she said to me, Kevin, I'll come up on stage as long as you don't embarrass me. I said, well, I have not written anything in that I think is overly embarrassing, but we'll see. Time will tell. So go ahead and get those things ready. And I just wonder if you've had this experience. Life robs us of rest. Have you ever thought about that? Life just has a way of robbing us of rest. Last night, I went to bed at a good time to get a good night's sleep. I had my windows open just to enjoy the glorious nature of this hot weather. So does anyone else like this hot weather? Am I the, yes, yes, yes. It's, it's unbelievable. I loved, I love this weather. So we had the windows open, getting a great night's sleep. And then at about 1230 or one o'clock, our neighbor's dog started barking And it barked and barked and barked for about 40 minutes. This dog just kept on barking and it woke me up. I had the pillow over my head. At one point, I put my mouth up to the screen with my hands like this. And Maria said, what are you going to do? I said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to encourage the dog to stop barking. She said, Kevin, that's not going to work. You're going to yell at the dog. Really? You're going to yell at your neighbor's dog. Well, I didn't have a BB gun. So what else could I do? It's like... I did not yell at the dog. I just put the pillow over my head. But life robs us of rest. 
it robs us. So it's our responsibility to invest in rest. It's our response. No one's going to do it for us. Life just pulls from us. We need to be the ones to invest in rest. Daily, we need to do that. I put myself to bed every night by 9.30 because I get up at 5.15 the next morning and I need enough sleep. I invest in rest. Some of you, over, I saw that look. You think that's so old. It's not, okay? That's just how I, I need to invest in rest. I need to. God designed a weekly rest investment that we're going to talk about today. And then God designed us to have seasonal investments of rest, that there should be seasons of life where we are taking space from work to rest. But most Americans do not do it. In fact, CNN had a recent poll that said that only 23% of Americans actually took all of their vacation time last year. 23% of Americans I could ask, how many of us took all of our vacation time last year? Yeah, about 23%. Here's something really interesting. Of the 23% of Americans who took all their vacation time, two out of three of those Americans checked work things while on vacation. Could you still raise your hand? Took all my vacation time? Well, you fly planes, so that doesn't really count. You physically can't do... All right, you win. So you're the one out of three. Do you realize what that means? Fellas, that means you're taking your mama to the Bahamas and calling your boss. That is a horrible idea. Ladies, that means you're taking your fleet go to Puerto Rico and checking your email. That is a bad idea. But we do it all the time. And then we think, why am I not resting coming back from vacation? It's because we did not invest in rest. So we're really serious about this. This is like one of my favorite topics. We've been talking about work. We started with the beginning of the Bible, how God designed the world. And God said to us, I've given you this great creation, this beautiful, raw, untapped world. And it's your job to partner with me to work it and to create it and to develop it. God was saying to us, listen, guys, it's, it's our opportunity to partner with God in making this world something beautiful to bring order out of chaos, to bring something out of nothing, to bring beauty out of pain. This is our calling. And God says to us, when we do that, we are actually reflecting the image of God to the world. That we believe that there is an all-powerful, all-loving, fully creative God, but God is invisible. And God chose to reveal God's self through his people, Largely in the way that we spend our time. And how do we spend the majority of our time? We spend it working. So work is a big deal. So we spent three weeks talking about work. And right after God tells us about work, God tells us about rest. And so we've spent the last two weeks talking about rest. Because how we choose to rest also reflects what we believe about God. If we choose to invest in our rest, it shows the world that we believe that God is ultimately in control. That God knows the way we were designed, and we actually want to walk in alignment with God. And so we talked about the fact that God created rest as a blessing for us. Genesis 2-3 says this, God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on the seventh day, God rested from the work of creation. Holy means set apart, or different, or altogether better. We're told that one day a week, God sets time aside simply to celebrate the beauty of life. Because if you and I zoomed out and thought about it, we know what our most valuable resource is. 
If I asked you right now, what's your most valuable resource? On your first thought, you might say, it's my car or my house or my wedding ring. If your spouse is next to you, you might say, it's my spouse, it's my kids. But truly, the most valuable resource you and I have is time. Because time is the only resource that we have in ever-decreasing measure. That we cannot get more of it. When the hourglass runs out, the hourglass is out. Time is our most valuable resource. And so God says, I want to make time holy. I want to set apart time for you as this beautiful space to celebrate the work that I'm doing. I've said it like this, and this is just a recap from the last two weeks. God gives us a day that he calls Sabbath. Sabbath just means stop, cease, desist. God gave us Sabbath as a blessing in order to celebrate the beauty of life with God and others. It's a period of time to celebrate Sabbath is also a blessing that helps us recharge with creative power that we need for the next week. Because every one of us knows going into the weekend, there's more work to do next week. No one ever gets to Friday and says, thank goodness, I could probably skate for the next two months. If you do, I told you, go to your supervisor and tell them, I am under-challenged in my job. I need more work. Your supervisor will be happy to give you more work. But we all know that that's not the way it goes, that we, we deplete throughout the week. We deplete. And Sabbath is about recharging to give us hope and joy and buoyancy in life so that we can celebrate and dream about things to come. So it's about celebrating God, but there's more. We learned last week that Sabbath is also about saying no to something. It's about saying no to the slave drivers that try to capture us and tell us that we are the sum and total of our production We looked at um, the book of Deuteronomy last week, where the author says this, remember, and he's telling a big story to God's people, and then we found our story in their story. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt. The Lord God brought you out with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord God commands you, observe the Sabbath day. Because Sabbath is about declaring that we will not be slaves to striving. It's about drawing a line in the stand in a culture that says, work, 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 produce, produce, produce. You must create more. You're only as good as your last test score, your last goal, your last touchdown, uh, your last bottom line. You're only as good as that last person who gave you a second look. And God says, no. You were created in my image and you are good because you're my daughter or you're my son. And the world cannot define for you where your value comes from. Sabbath is about saying, I am free in Christ. I'm free, and I'm not going to be a slave to striving anymore. So we've been talking for two weeks about this, and one of the things that uh, I really try to do is I try to be a good communicator. So I listen to other top communicators, because I think you guys deserve the best. Now, you don't have the best yet, but give me another 15 years. We'll get there. But I try to be a good communicator. Here's what I learned about good communicators, pastors that are good communicators. Pastors who are bad communicators stop with the first thing. They tell you what to do. They tell you what. That's not a great communication skill. Do this, don't do that. Follow this rule, don't follow that. That leaves us feeling kind of like we have this heavy weight on us. Good communicators go past what and they talk about why. Why is this thing important? 
Why should it matter to us? How will this benefit you? If the things that God says is always only good news to God's people, how is this thing good news to me? So good commuters, commuters, I'm a great commuter, uh, good communicators don't stop with what, they go to why. But here's what I'm learning about great communicators, and there's only a few of them that I listen to that are out there right now. Great communicators talk about what, they talk about why, because they know that why changes our thought processes, it shapes our paradigms. But then they don't stop there, they actually talk about how. How do we do this thing? They give us handles, practical handles about how to do it. And so I've been endeavoring in my communication recently to, to talk about what, to talk about why, and then to spend time talking about how so that we can actually practice some of the things we're learning. And what we're going to do today is talk about how. So I've been practicing with my family this thing called Sabbath, this day of rest, this day that God says is blessed time that's set apart. We've been practicing Sabbath about two or three times a month, so two or three days out of the month, for the last five years. So we started it when our kids were very small and didn't have school. Now our kids are both in elementary school and sports. And I'll tell you, Sabbath, it kind of changes as time goes on, and that's okay. God actually gives us a lot of leeway in that. But what I wanted to do today is just share with you our story of Sabbath, things that Maria and I are learning about this practice of creating space for blessed rest. And so uh, I've invited her to come out because I want to be totally— Okay, come on out. Sure. Yeah, why not? Hi. Hello there. Because it, if you want to keep that with you? I want to hold it right here. Because it's true that if you're not here, I might just say anything, right, (laughs) to make it sound good, but you can keep me in check. Yeah, I'm excited about this, actually. So we want to talk about our experience of Sabbath as a way, not the way. This is a way to experience this gift from God. It's not the only way. And it's just so fun to have you up on stage. So thank you. Are you going to stay standing? Maybe. All right. Good for you. That's fantastic. Depends on if you I told her today, no. listen, I'm getting paid a full day's work for only half the, the job because <laughs> you're true. teaching half the time. So that's great. I might sing it, actually. I might sing. It's I easier. might sing. Oh, no. Here we are. Back off the bunny trail. Here we are. Yeah. Sabbath. Yay. So what we've been learning about the Sabbath, and here's the good news about Sabbath. The Bible gives us a ton of leeway. I mean, a ton about how to experience it. So if you're a type A driven person and you're thinking a day of rest to sit around and contemplate all day long, that sounds horrible. You don't have to do that. God gives a lot of leeway. If you are more of a contemplative and you think a day by myself to just be sounds awesome, you have a lot of leeway to do that as well. What I did a number of years ago was I just started reading what some ancient Jewish teachers taught about Sabbath because they had made tons of like rules about Sabbath, but I didn't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I wanted to read all of these rules and thoughts and try to distill are there parts of truth in that. And so I did a bunch of work to try to figure out what are some really uh, good traits or practices that we could do as we did Sabbath. And so I want to give those to you guys. They're in your teaching notes, and we're just going to talk about what we've been learning over time. So here is the first thing for us. And we call our Sabbath Finkbinder Family Fun Day. It's a hashtag. So if you want to go on social media and find it, it's hilarious. You just click on it, and then you can see everything that we've done. Yeah. Like picture form. But don't do it on Sabbath. No. Because we're going to talk about social media in just a few minutes. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Go. 
You sure? Yeah. Okay. Hey, come into the light. You're all, uh, you're all shaded, and you're way more attractive than me. You should be in the light. Come into the light. It's yeah. like Beauty and the Beast. So one of the things that... <laughs> and a handsome beast at that. So we have some key practices for Finkbinder Family Fun Day. The first is that we see as we look through Jewish teaching about Sabbath, as we look through the Bible on Sabbath, Sabbath is about spending time enjoying God. Enjoying God. Sabbath is a gift from a God who knows us and loves us to spend time with a God who knows us and loves us. Here's the interesting thing about Sabbath. I put a ton of notes in there uh, just below for you to think through, but Sabbath is not about deep Bible study unless you are an intellectual. If you're an intellectual who loves deep Bible study, do it on Sabbath. But Sabbath is about simply sitting with God, maybe reading through your Bible, enjoying certain chunks of that. For me, it's, it's listening to podcasts. I'm an auditory learner, and so for me, I don't spend a ton of time reading my Bible on the Sabbath. I listen to someone's thoughts on what God says. So I listen to podcasts and Bible studies that way. For me, that's really, really helpful. What, is, what does it look like for you on Sabbath? Um, for me, spending time with God, like for me sitting and reading the Bible for hours is just really hard. So um, I enjoy, I have on my computer a list. Um, it's called my refreshings list. And on that list are things that I enjoy that I know connect me to God. So um, things like, I don't know, this, you're going to laugh at this one. Uh, taking the elevator to the top floor of a tall building and like looking out like I know in San Francisco I love going to the city and exploring God that way and um, going to the beach like those types of things are on my refreshing list and are types of things that I enjoy doing so I pull that list out and I'm like I for me it's not like God 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 it's being mindful and aware of the way that God created me and how I can use that um, on the Sabbath as well. Yeah, one of the reasons why I wanted us to do this together is I am a big-time extrovert, love being around people. Maria is a pretty um, clear introvert, needs that time by herself. I love nature and being outside in nature. Maria loves big cities. I don't. And so I want to give you a differing perspective on how this works because it's not a one-size-fits-all. It's simply a partnership. Uh, one of the things that we do is talk to our kids about God. So there's this really cool—you might want to write this down. There's this really cool YouTube channel called The Bible Project— and it's really interesting. It's like, it's deep theology, but it's done in cartoon form. And it's not designed for kids, but kids can understand it. And so we throw it up on YouTube. We throw it up on our TV, on the Apple TV, and we watch that. And then we talk about something. It lays out books of the Bible and how they were formed and written. It talks about different characters. It talks about different words in the Bible. It's really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. So we do that with the kids. And then we talk, uh, talk about God uh, in that process. One of the things that we do on Sabbath is we celebrate the gift of family. And this could either be family by choice. What I mean by that is people who you've chosen to invest your life in. Because a lot of us, live in a, we live in a transient culture where we're not close to our immediate family, whether it's our parents or cousins, aunts and uncles. So we choose to make family by choice. I believe it's intentional that God calls the church the family of Jesus, mm-hmm. that we are actually family by choice. We don't have to be family with each other. We get to be. So it could be family by choice. It could be uh, your actual blood family. But part of Sabbath is about celebrating the gift that is family. So one of the things that we do is we tell each other what we love about each other on Sabbath. That's one of the ways we celebrate that this is actually a gift. You know, that actually being married, some days it feels hard, but it's actually a gift. So yesterday, driving home from the beach, we just started talking, hey, what do we love about each other? 
And I said to Landon, I love the way uh, that you used your words all day today. So there were other kids at the beach. They were grabbing toys and things. And he just used his words uh, as opposed to his fists or his feet or his teeth. You know, he used his (laughs) words. I really love that about him. That's self-control. That's something that we're talking about. Then Maria jumped in and told me how much, how awesome I was. how awesome you are. Yeah, which was great. So one of the wives at the beach was actually telling me, your husband is so great and attentive. I was like, yes, he is. He is great and attentive. So... Yeah, you are. She, she did. Yeah, one of the wives did mention that. Not yeah. one of our friends, just some random lady. Yeah. She's like, my husband never does that. I'm like, well, yeah. this guy. <laughs> I don't know. You're awesome. And the truth is, Maria tells me that. But we left the beach and I said, hey, what that lady said, do you think that about me? Because how many of us needs to know that our spouse actually mm-hmm. thinks that about us? Yeah. We do think that about our spouse, but we don't always say it, right? And here's a warning. It's going to be awkward if you first try this out. To sit down with your family and say, hey, I genuinely appreciate how kind and caring you are. That just, that means the world to me. I think you are absolutely beautiful. Oh, that's and I really love, kind. Well, it's Aww, true. Yay. You know, to sit down in front of your kids too. We do this in front of the kids. Uh, I, you know, I think you're extremely creative. I love that you're so creative. Like I said to you yesterday, I love that uh, you actually spent six and a half hours at the beach when you wanted to go home after three. That's true. That was, it was so hot. It's a big deal. <laughs> it was 90 there. Oh. Yeah. Thanks, honey. Um, but how many marriages stop that? How many marriages need to be told why I love you, why I appreciate you, what I value about you? Mm-hmm. A survey came out recently that said the number one way to tell whether or not a couple is going to stay together in the long haul is the percentage of positive words compared to the percentage of critical words that are spoken between spouses. Let that sink in. The same is true for kids. I read something recently that said your kids need seven positive uh, words from you or, or statements from you to every one negative statement they need from you in order to feel safe in a relationship. That was convicting. Because negative is not like, you're so horrible. Negative is like, hey, you forgot to clean your room. Hey, you need to do your homework. Hey, it's time to do this. It's just the things of life. But Sabbath is about celebrating family. Mm -hmm. Celebrating family. Which part of that is just telling each other what we love. And we need it. Part of it, we can't skip this part. Part of it, if you're married, is sex. That is part, I said I wouldn't embarrass you. Let's Too talk late. about Let's... sex, baby. Let's talk about you. <laughs> I'm dishing it today. <laughs> May I always surprise you? Yeah. Pass me the question, Jeff. Yes. So, no, hold on. Hold no, on. We, we got to talk. No, no. Let's talk. Let's sit here for a minute. Oh, God. <laughs> if you're Ooh. married, the, the rabbis, the, the, the Jewish teachers, right? You're not thinking Jewish teachers are like, oh, let's talk about. No, they said once a week, at least, at least, by the way, once a week, you should be physically intimate with your spouse. And Sabbath is that day if you're married. It it can be that day. Think about that regular rhythm in your life. Now, some of you are like, let's get this date on the calendar now. (laughs) But it it is true. It is true. One of the things, go ahead, you were going to share that. Um, One of the things we also do to celebrate family, uh, we have this jar on our table. So it's not like a Sabbath thing, but it is. Uh, This is our question jar. And in here are printed out questions. And you can do this if you have housemates or, or don't have any kids or whatever. But there on here are questions that we just ask, like random ones. 
like, <laughs> let's see. What they like, do is they get us beyond the fact-sharing yeah, part of family. To get to know your kids really well or get to know your spouse really well. Some of us go through our days and we don't actually... Don't actually we share information. Yeah. What would you do today? How was it? Is your homework done? Hey, did we get the laundry oh, I'm done? I'm scared. What is something you use every day that you don't need? So that talks about contentment. Yeah. It talks about Here. having more... Yeah, that's great. That's a great question with a six and eight-year-old, and it's a great question for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we only have two feet. How many pairs of shoes do we really need oh. for two feet? Oh, for, for it's example, real. For example, don't you mess with my shoes. All right, moving on. We had Sabbath yesterday, so I have a whole week. <laughs> she can forgive me before the next Sabbath. One of the things about Sabbath is we need to embrace. This is the third thing: embrace the reality that God designed life to be fun. Mm-hmm. Man, the Bible over and over again says, delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. Enjoy God. So Sabbath is about doing fun things. Fun things individually, fun things with your family, fun things with your friends. Sabbath is about celebrating fun. I was talking to a guy who is a pretty driven type A guy. He's like, Kevin, I will never practice Sabbath. It's just like I couldn't just sit there all day. You don't have to. You have a great question for this fun one. Do you remember yeah. what it was? We were talking about this. Um, if you ever have the question or have said this statement, I've always wanted to do blank. I've always wanted to go try blank. The Sabbath is the actual space to answer that or to fill in that To statement. do that. Yeah, to yeah. do that. I've always wanted to skydive. I've always wanted to whatever. No, I have not always wanted to skydive. But yeah. Anyway, but the types, those types of things, it, mm-hmm. it's the ability to dream. It fills mm-hmm. in that, that space that lets you dream a little bit. What do I really want to do? That's fun for me. And you'll be surprised what you start filling in that gap. So So do the fun things. Do the fun things. I I don't love to exercise. I do it as a discipline. But on Sabbath, if I'm going to exercise, I only do the exercises I like, right? Only the mere muscles on Sabbath. There's no core workout there. You know what I'm talking about? You know what mere muscles are, right? No? Biceps, triceps, (laughs) right? Brain. The mirror muscles. Yeah, he got it. He's flexing for his wife. Good work. <laughs> like, I don't love to run. I, I, in fact, I hate it. Maria loves to run. She just ran a half marathon last week in mm. under two hours. That's awesome. Thank you, Jeff and Megan. You too. Uh, but so she I, runs on Sabbath. I love running. Yeah. So I will go Ugh. for a nice long run to open yeah. up my Sabbath. Like, welcome, you know. And then we talk about fun with our kids. We want yeah. our kids to love God and love Sabbath and not think God is boring. So we ask them, what do you want to do on Sabbath? What's fun for you? And then we try to incorporate some kid fun element into our Sabbath. Can I just say something really quick? Yeah, about please that? do. I think that there's a piece of this too, especially as a mom, I'm pretty driven. So um, I forget sometimes to play with my kids. I know this is weird. At kids of all ages, like I just forget to get on the ground and play dolls or, hey, let's imagine about this. I get so used to like going that I forget to play. And our kids, I think, really need us, need to see us, both of us, play, play with them and show them, hey, this is, we can have fun. Um, And we can have fun with you doing your kids stuff. Here's something crazy, parents. We are the first picture of God that our kids see. Mm -hmm. So we shape our kids' theology or their understanding of God. We also shape our kids' understanding of themselves. Parents are the ones who are tasked with doing that. So the question is, what do we want them to understand about God? One of the things we want our kids to understand about God is God is fun. Yes, there's great work to be done, yeah. but we can delight in God. 
So we have fun. That's a big part of our Sabbath. Mm -hmm. Uh, Disconnect from pain. That's a big part of Sabbath. There is plenty of pain in the world. There's plenty. Sabbath isn't about burying our head in the sand. Sabbath is about taking time to recharge. So one of the things I don't do on Sabbath is I don't check my news feed. I actually said to our staff just last week, hey, if some major tragedy happens on Saturday, please tell me on Sunday morning because otherwise I'm going to get on stage and I won't actually talk about it because I'm not watching on Saturday to see what's happening because there's so much pain in the world. I can't click on my news feed without seeing something negative or sad or bad. So one of sa- part of Sabbath for us is there is plenty of time to deal with the pain in the world. Sabbath is a time to rest and recharge from the very real pain mm-hmm. so that we can make a difference in the world when we go back into it the next day. Yeah, when Kev gave me this sermon, I was like, why did you put number four? That's a little bit Debbie Downer, you know? Because I think it, and then I started thinking about it. It's not to ignore the pain because we don't want to ignore it and mm-hmm. we want to be sensitive to it, but it's a chance for us to really trust that God can, that God can. Yeah. God can handle it. Yeah. God can take care of it. Even when I'm not producing and working, God can. So, yeah. It's yeah. also not a time for deep introspection. You know, I've got some painful stuff in my life right now. I intentionally choose on Sabbath not to engage with deep introspection about that painful area, right, on, on Sabbath day. In fact, I choose intentionally not to look at it, you know. So yesterday, driving out to the beach, Maria's like, Kevin, look, there's this, what was it? I don't, oh. Accidentally. You no. popped on your news feed, and you were like, Kevin, there's this pneumonia. pneumonia outbreak. I'm like, no, 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 stop, stop. I have to hug hundreds of people tomorrow. Don't tell me that. Like, Sabbath. <laughs> Why did they put that on a newsfeed? Sabbath is about disconnecting from the very real pain in the world. All right, the next one is this, and this is huge for all of us. Mm. Figure out what fully present looks like. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I just turn my phone off on Sabbath. And then I click it back on at the end of the day, and there are seven or eight text messages, and and there's email. But I I don't do social media on Sabbath. I don't do email. I have my phone off. For me, fully present means not engaging with the outside world unless I want to. So if I do, I just send a carrier pigeon to someone's house, and that's how we connect. <laughs> um, fully present for you might look different. Well, yesterday, uh, I went for my run, and then I came home, and I started doing laundry, and I, well, I threw a load of laundry. Yesterday in. was our Sabbath, yeah. Yeah, and you called me out. Yeah. You came around the corner, and you're like, fight Pharaoh, fight Pharaoh, which was true. <laughs> Only in a pastor's house do you hear the, yeah. your husband saying, bye, Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. But it's real, you know? Like, I saw the pile of laundry in the hallway. I'm like, I can't even walk through the hallway because there's laundry piled. So that's a big one for me. Yeah. And fully present um, for me is about not missing the moments um, and not missing and noticing the little things. So a lot of times I go speeding through my day and I miss out on moments with my kids or moments with Kevin or moments with the people mm-hmm. that I'm trying to be present with because I'm already thinking about, oh, over here or oh, over here. Um, and it's about not, not missing those moments and focusing on the little things that you normally, like, yeah. Just yesterday, I was just listening to how my kids laugh, you know, and I was noticing them, that little thing in, the, in those moments. So yeah, Sometimes it's things like... It brought me such joy. I'm like... Social media, Pinterest yeah. for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amazon, like things that feed consumerism. Yeah, like, I can't do that on the staff. Fully present means turning those off. All right, celebrate oh. God through service. This is a distinctive that um, the Jewish teachers taught was that we serve on the Sabbath. 
Our Sabbath is Saturday. It used to be Friday. Now both kids are in school, so that doesn't work. So now it's Saturday. Friday is the day I do the grocery shopping and other things. So Saturday is our Sabbath day. Uh, We serve. I serve on Fridays in my kids' class. We serve on Sundays together in ministry. So we don't do a lot of service, like formal service on our Sabbath day. But if you don't have a place of service, Sabbath could be that great space for you and your family to serve together, Mm -hmm. to get into a ministry together, to serve in your neighborhood. But we do try to look for other ways to serve on Mm -hmm. Sabbath day. So we're at the beach yesterday, and twice I hopped on the boogie board like David Hasselhoff, and I went like 40 yards into the, or someone else that is awesome and you find attractive. (laughs) But I was like the Hoff, and I hopped on the boogie board, and I paddled out 40 yards to get some kid's raft that was just floating out to sea. There was no one in it, or else it would have been epic. Just an empty raft. And I then still I, cheered Then for I you. had a, a ball that yeah. went out there. So that's just service. I dug a hole Cheer. for like all the kids at the beach. And then we had this like gaggle of children. Because who doesn't want to throw their kids in a pit at the beach? So I <laughs> dug this big grave and I threw all the kids in it. That's just how we serve. So... That's how we serve um, all the parents. That's how we at serve the all the families. You're yeah. welcome. And then the last one is we, or is this the last? Yeah, we enjoy delicious yeah. food together. We enjoy delicious food. Food is a key part of, of family. And so we enjoy delicious food together. Uh, Maria likes to cook, so we usually eat with the kids, and then we sit down afterwards and we start cooking once the kids are in bed, because they go to bed about 7, 7.30. Uh, and then we, we do food together. We'll be in the kitchen. She's cooking. We're talking. I turn on a little Pandora, and maybe I'll start singing to her. 80s love songs. 80s love songs, yeah. Brings people yeah. together. And I da- we dance sometimes, or sometimes when I'm, I'm feeling in the mood, like I'll sing 90s hip-hop to her, and she just shakes her head because it's so inappropriate. It's like, terrible. We sing to each other. Oh. Yeah. We sing. So anyway, and then we just eat. We just enjoy a meal. We let it sit. There is no counting calories on the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Sabbath is a cow. Cal- they don't count on Sabbath. God told me. It's called grace, so, okay? It's yeah. grace. So anyway, enjoy a meal together. If you hate to cook, go out. There's no rule that says you have to cook. She likes, she likes it. I don't, so I would always go out. But um, if you don't like to cook, don't cook. All right, you're probably thinking, this sounds great. Doesn't happen in the real world. It does. It does happen in the real world, but it takes work. It means saying that we're going to do more on six days, so on the seventh day, we can take that space. It means for me, going grocery shopping on Fridays. That's part of our new routine because we both work full-time jobs now. So you're wondering, how do you make this work? We've got kids in school who are playing soccer. Uh, It means prepping meals beforehand sometimes so we have a little space to do the things we need to do. It does take work. It it means looking at your house on whatever your Sabbath day is and saying, oh yeah, it is a mess. Oh well, I'm just going to let that go. Yeah, there is laundry to do. Oh, okay. I'm going to choose to let go of control for the day. It means choosing to say I'm free. Part of my freedom is to stop. Your car will still need to be fixed tomorrow. Your house will still need to be cleaned tomorrow. Shopping will still need to get done. But guess what? You're going to realize God is still in control. Mm-hmm. So part of Sabbath is choosing to stop. Part of it is prepping beforehand. And then we create a plan. So for us, Sabbath is Saturday. You'd have to pick your day. What's your good Sabbath day? Maybe it's Sunday. Maybe it starts off with church together and worshiping God together and serving together. And then you go out and enjoy the afternoon together. Figure out what your plan is and then stick it on the calendar and don't double book yourself. Sabbath is a holy day. You can choose to invite friends into it or family by choice into it, but that's your choice. Don't overbook yourself. And then we're learning you have to communicate what you want Sabbath to look like before so you don't get into a Sabbath fight to start your day. No, it's a disagreement. Yeah. 
You don't call them. So Sabbath, so on Sabbath, I like to sleep in. I, I don't want to set an alarm. I want to sleep in. Maria likes to get up and run. So she gets, uh, like, she'll set her alarm for 5.30, and then it'll go off three or four times. I learned that is not a good way to start Sabbath. <laughs> her hitting snooze and then having that alarm go off three or four times. So I said, please, please, dear God, please, Maria, if your alarm's going to go off, just get up. Just get up. Sometimes. That's, I just need to sleep in my running clothes right. and shoes, right. like fully dressed out of yeah. bed. Ready yeah. to go. That would be great. <laughs> on the sofa, if you could. I'm going to put you on the sofa. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at the same time, at the same time, it bothers, like, she doesn't like to sleep in. So if I don't communicate, I'm going to sleep in about 745. It's like, dude, get up, get up. So we just have to communicate that. You no, know, what happens is I bring him a nice cup of coffee. Yeah, I know we gotta go. But you don't bring yeah. me a nice cup. That's, that's Wouldn't garbage. that be awesome? That'd be great if you did. Yeah, yeah, that's in my Sabbath dream. <laughs> we'll put it on your wish list. And I've then we have to talk about to. what we want to do. Okay, so you know, we want let's go to the beach tomorrow, or let's just stay at home tomorrow. Let's go out with some friends tomorrow. Like we have to actually plan our Sabbath. Otherwise, you get into a Sabbath disagreement about what you're going to do. Because I'm an extrovert, she's an introvert. I want to be with people. She'd like to have a little more home alone time. So we have to talk about that. That's just how it works. Imagine. As we wrap up, yeah. imagine a day a week, one day a week, that was just about delight, enjoying family, God, friends, good food. Imagine one day a week where you said to your spouse, honey, this is what I love about you. Mm-hmm. You said to your kids, this is why I think you're so incredible. Imagine what that would do to your kids. Growing up every week, having mom or dad say to them intentionally, these are the things that I b- appreciate about you. This is what I believe about you. It keeps lines of communication open. When they get into that phase where a lot of kids just close away from their parents, your kids and my kids, we hedge our bets that they actually stay open to us. In the times when marriage gets tough and seasons get busy, to have that investment of this is what I believe about you, this is what I love about you, just imagine it. Imagine a life of service where you just serve doing the things you love to do, celebrating God. It's a gift. Sabbath is a gift. It's a gift that God wants for us. So here's what I would suggest. If you want to try this out, mark down three days between now and Halloween. That's almost two months. Three days in two months. Not Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. That's called vacation. Three days, maybe one a week in, in two months to just try Sabbath. If a full day seems like too much, do it, start with a half day. But I'm telling you, life robs us of rest. Mm-hmm. And it's our job to invest in our rest. It's our job. God set it up. God prepared it. God blessed it. We need to do the work to do it. All right. That was great. Yeah. Thank you killed you. it. Yeah. Way to go. You killed it. Yeah. You're awesome. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.